Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by the Harrier. And we had a lot of things going down this weekend, so this might be a little bit of a, a longer episode. We'll have to see. Uh, there's definitely going to be a few things that uh, will be missed out since there were so many good performances, but we'll see what we can, what we can do today. So uh, first, I want to start off with the performances that kind of surprised me, most interest me, whatever it is that, that you might want to say. So uh, one would be Ryan Krauser. He threw uh, 23.01. He was, what, the fourth man to throw over 23 meters in the shot put. And this guy is insane. So he has made it a habit of just throwing over 22 meters. And to put this into perspective for those that, I mean, metrics isn't the, the normal for everyone, this is over, what, 75 feet. So he is hurling this shot miles. Uh, and it's interesting because just earlier on this year, I think it was on the 5th uh, of May, or so earlier on this month, um, a teammate, not teammate, but fellow United States shot putter uh, Kovacs had actually thrown 22.72 um, on the 9th. And so he actually had the world lead. So a lot of people were thinking, Oh, is is Ryan Krauser? Was he just like a you know kind of a, a shot in the pan, or like he had a couple good throws? And is is Kovacs now going to, to overtake him? And 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 Krauser's kind of silenced all that and be like, no, I'm I'm still the best in the world. I'm still the former Olympic champion. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. I mean, looking at his resume, he has over 127 throws that are over 22 meters. Uh, there's no one even remotely close. Um, in the ballpark of 127 throws over 22 meters. And so this first one breaking 23, uh, it was funny because he actually put a tweet, um, or he, he tweeted out that in 2017, he got shoes that said RC23. And so he's like, I'm finally excited that I can now wear those things, uh, which is funny. So Krauser is on a tear right now. Not just that, but all of the United States just throws are doing really well. You'll see that I mean, we have more throws coming up in, in this episode of just things that really shocked me uh, this week. But it, there, it, was a great, it was a great competition for him. I'm kind of upset that throws and field events don't get as much airtime or as much love as other events do. Um, one thing, uh, a performance that I guess shocked me, but I'm not going to cover really in here, was the fact that Sha'Carri Richardson actually lost the 100 in, uh, where was it? It was in Europe. It was in... Gustigate? I can't remember. I definitely butchered the heck out of that name. But she came in second, ran like an 11.55. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. She um, That was uh, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price. She ran uh, like an 11.51. And um, Shakira Richardson ran an 11, I think it was 42, and the winner ran 11.33. So she, she lost, and a lot of people were like, oh, she's not as good as everyone thought it was. Yeah, but it was a three-mile-an-hour headwind, and – it was a freezing cold day, but, you know, so a lot of people give that love, but nobody was talking about the fact that Ryan Krauser is just dominating the throws, and it stinks because throws just do not get spoken about as much as they should, so we're going to be doing it justice today, so 
Ryan Krauser, uh, he's my he's my pick for anything he's in. He's someone he's like LeBron right now, where there's LeBron or Tom Brady. Like you'll never see me betting against any of those guys in anything. It doesn't matter what it is. They're playing ping pong. I'm not betting against them. Same with Ryan Krauser. I don't care what he what he's doing. You throw this man in an open 200, I'll probably put 20 bucks on him. Who knows? Dude's just dude's just so dominant. Um, next, going over to Germany, Giannis Vetter. Uh, who is a javelin thrower, he threw, what was it, 94.20 this past week. Uh, Another just incredible performance by him. And to think that throw isn't even his PR. Last year, no, not two years ago, I think, yeah, 2019, he threw 97 uh, no, la- no, it was last year. It, yeah, it was during 2020. Uh, last year, he threw over 97 meters. Um, and so this is now the fifth straight year he's actually thrown over 90 meters. And to put that into perspective, so you might be like, okay, so 90 meters, that's fantastic. What is everyone else throwing? So everyone else is, if he's through 94 meters, everyone else is probably throwing, you know, like 90 or 89, like no, he is six meters above second place. So the next farthest throw is 88 meters. And then it's like 86, 85. He is throwing head and shoulders above everyone else. It is not. It is so far. This is probably the most dominant performance that we're seeing in track and field. And it's not getting discussed at all. Like he's going into competitions and just demolishing everyone else. Like he's like six meters farther than everyone else are you kidding me (laughs) that's like what about it's like over 20 feet farther than everyone else yeah because that's how high what mondo vaults that's that's about 20 feet yeah he's throwing 20 feet farther than every every single other competitor in the competition right now so Giannis vetter is probably the most dominant athlete right now in especially in track and field and he doesn't get talked about even in the slightest. So he's the most dominant silent assassin. So excited to see what he's going to continue to do. Uh, the next, let's, uh, my third uh, performance that, that I liked, um, we're going to bring it back to the United States with Fred Curley. So uh, Curley, once again, kind of dabbling in the 100-meter dash. And you're not listening to this, but if you are, Fred Curley, do the 100 in the Olympics, man. Go to the Olympic trials and do the 100. Because this is, I feel, your shot to do it. This is the best Olympics for Fred Curley to do the 100. Why? Because next next time the Olympics are coming around, in the United States, you're going to have to be dealing with Christian Coleman, who's going to be back. Um, and he'll also, he's also trying to be back, I think, by the World Championships. So this is the last time in the United States that uh, we're not going to be seeing uh, Christian Coleman competing in a major event. And so with that, your 996 is now one of the top, or 991, which he ran earlier this year, and is 996 here. It's one of the top times, not only in the United States, but also in the world, because this is kind of a down year for the 100. So you might as well take advantage of that and do and do the 100 at the trials. You know, give yourself a shot. And I think he could make it. I mean, I I think that what this, this Olympics, I mean, there's so many people that, could be making it, but we're not sure. I mean, so obviously Gatlin's a person that that is expected to be making it. Trayvon Bramell's kind of the the guarantee there. We're not sure what Noah Lyles is doing. He's been he's been running slow. He's only tenth in the United States, uh, but we just kind of expect for him to be really good when when he needs to be. 
And then there's a ton of, of college kids. Uh, Javon Martin, uh, who's ran a 994 um, out of FSU. I mean, and there's a, a bunch of other athletes that are that are doing really uh, doing really well. Uh, so we're, I mean, I that's why I want Curly to run to run the 100. See him in the four by one. Do that 400 100 meter double. I think this is the year. Um, he probably won't, but. I'd love to see him do it. Uh, he also did the 200. He ran a 20.27. Uh, and so he, had, he was trying to become one of those small list of athletes that run sub 10, sub 20, and what is it, sub 44? Maybe. Oh, man, I definitely – I don't – I think that's it. But So he's his, the last one that he has to do is the 200, and he, he ran a 20.27. So he was really close with that. Uh, we'll see when he gets it because he definitely will. He has the speed to do it. Uh, he has the endurance to do it. It's just, you know, putting it all together on, on the right day, on the right track. Uh, then – so those are the three performances that, that kind of stuck out in my mind. Um, before we get into – oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go into this one. So uh, next – this isn't a, a good story, a happy story, but uh, Christian Taylor, who the American triple jumper, uh, he is a two-time Olympic gold champion or defending yeah, two Olympic gold champion in the triple jump. He run, won it in 2016 and he won it in 2012. He will not be able to uh, go for the triple crown uh, this year because he actually tore his Achilles during a jump at Ostrava, uh, which was really unfortunate. We saw him kind of coming up lame during one of the, the jumps, and didn't. And that's something that doesn't really happen with him. He usually goes through it, and so to see him do that, people kind of knew it was something serious from there. And then to hear the, the news that, yeah, he, he you know ruptured his Achilles uh, just shows that you know he's, he's gone. And um, it stinks. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to, to be back for the World Championships in 2022. I think he even said a tweet or he put something out on Instagram saying that, that he has that date kind of circled for him as, as when he wants to return. Um, this does open up the, the triple jump for who, who's going to be the champion. Uh, I'm sure Will Clay uh, wants to take home that, that gold medal this year, as he does every single year. I think he even he won uh, a meet, what was it, last week? Uh, I can't remember. So he's he's he just got started with with his season, but it, it stinks to see Christian Taylor. I mean, I guess a silver lining when you're thinking about track and field is that we're lucky enough that many of our top athletes don't get injured. Like if if you look at any other sport, uh, football especially, uh, basketball, you'll see a lot of their athletes, you know, suffer injuries because it's much more of a you know contact sport there, and and so you you can see some of your biggest names not be able to compete for months on months on end. And uh, we're lucky enough, I feel, that that doesn't happen as much. I mean, I, I can't think off the top of my head the last time we had a major athlete out due to injury. So not, oh, I guess um, Wade, Wade Van Niekert, um, he was out, what, 2017, 2018? Um, so, and then of course there was, there was Trayvon Bermel. Wow, I, I say we don't we don't get it a lot, and I just thought of two two athletes right there. But um, it, it I feel like it, it's uh, it's just a, sh a small amount of athletes. It's not as 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 many where every single game pretty much, especially in the NFL, you get somebody injured. So uh, hopefully he'll be coming back uh, stronger and better than ever uh, for the World Championships in 2022. So that should be good. Uh, next we have the prelims that are going to be happening uh as of this release it'll be happening tomorrow uh yeah on wednesday uh they'll be getting started for the east and west prelims of the ncaa uh, so on our next episode we will do kind of a breakdown of athletes that made it uh athletes that didn't make it were there any surprises uh there is there any 
on, on the good end or on the bad end. Uh, so the way that this works, uh, to kind of break it down, recently they expanded it back up to 42 athletes per event uh, for the, the prelims, and then it's the top 12 athletes uh, move on to the finals, which is going to be held in Eugene. So they're going to be... Uh, the competition goes from what Wednesday, I think, to Saturday or to Sunday. So it's it's a long it's a long competition, um, and the weird thing about it is once they hit twelve, they just stop. So it'll be like if you're watching the the pole vault competition or you're watching high jump and whatever it is. Once they've gotten to the top twelve, they just stop. They don't go for a winner. It's just you know once you hit it, you're done. All right, cool. Now we're going on. You got to wait till the championships happens uh, in Eugene. So uh, we'll we'll tell you if there's any any surprising stories coming out of that uh, as well. And so now, kind of want to get into the main story that I have going on right here. Um, this year we've seen a lot of great collegiate athletes running uh, across all events in running events, throwing, jumping, a whole bunch of stuff. And so I want to break down the nine athletes that I see could make the U S Olympic team. So I want to preface this by saying this is for team USA. So there's a lot of athletes that you're going to be like, wait, Shouldn't they be on this list? Um, like uh, Tyra Gittens, um, Sean, oh, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, Sean Mas Masmagani from Houston. Uh, he's from he's from South Africa, uh, as well as like Benjamin Asmadi. Uh, so a lot of those athletes are gonna be like, wait, shouldn't they be on the list here? Uh, and it's it's like, yeah, but they probably will make the Olympic team. But we're talking about just just Team USA uh, for this list at least. So. Um, we're going to talk about the nine athletes that I think could make it. So there's many more too. So I, this is a, the full list I have is of 30, uh, athletes I think could make it like, so there's 30 people. And so the way the team USA works is you have to be in that top three of, of the trials, uh, to be able to, to move on. So there's about 30 athletes that are pretty close and I'm going to go with the nine that I think have a really good shot at making it. So number, we'll go on the men's side first and then we'll go on the women's side. So on the men's side, starting off with the sprints, you've heard this name a million times. This might as well just be a, uh, be a show dedicated to him, but Terrence Laird uh, out of LSU. Uh, I see him qualifying in the 200. Right now he is number one in the world. He, and, he, and he's showing that he can do it multiple times. He has, what, three races now in the top 10 of 200 history. I think it's going to be him and Noah Lyles as kind of the guarantees, and then we're going to see where the chips fall uh, after that. So he's my, my first guy that I have going in the Olympic trials or, or being able to, to qualify for the Olympic team. I think I would take him as favorite in the Olympics overall, um, but – at least for making the team, I think he's uh, I think he's a shoe in there as well. Uh, next, we're going right to his four by one teammate with Noah Williams. Uh, I see Noah Williams winning the or being able to qualify in the four hundred. Uh, right now, he is number one in the world as well with his forty four thirty. And so, the uh, his two main competitions are going to be obviously Fred Curley and Michael Norman. But that's not going to be it because recently we saw uh, Michael Cherry uh, drop a very fast time who's now second in the world. And so there is a lot of great talent in the 400. 
And so it's no shoe in for him. Like it's going to be close. It's going to be fast, especially since we haven't seen a lot of these top 400 meter guys run yet. Like I don't think Michael Norman or um, Fred Curley have ran in the, the open 400 quite yet. So we're, we're going to have to see what they're going to be dropping and, and how that affects where his ranking is going to be. But he, right now I would say he has a, a pretty solid shot at, at making that uh, U.S. team. Next, uh, I have Jared Neguse. Um, he now is the first uh, first place for the 1500. He's out of Notre Dame. Uh, we talked a lot about him uh, in last week's episode, uh, and so he has a really good shot at making it. It's I, I think what after seeing the um, Centrowitz, the Mass Centrowitz race, uh, there, it's now pretty congested up there. Uh, it's, so now the people that I could see making it, Yair Nagus. Matt Centrowitz, Cooper Tier is up there. Um, I'm only gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not including Cooper Tier right now on the list, but I definitely see him being able to make it. He's about uh, a second off of Yared Nagus, and he's been doing it fairly consistently. Um, so, but I, I would say Yared right now. I mean, he's first in the U.S. Uh, one of the top times. I, I, I think he could, he could make it. The 1500 has been pretty weak for the U.S., which, which kind of stinks. But you know, you can't be fastest in the world in every single thing, I guess. Uh, Next event that I want to go to, let's go down to the field events for a little bit. Uh, we got Javon Harrison, I see, taking it for high jump. So for high jump, he's jumped 236. It's second in the world. Uh, guy just jumped 237 um, not too long ago. So he's one of the top uh, jumpers in the world. Um I mean, Daryl Sullivan also is probably going to make it out of Tennessee. Uh, he's jumped 233, second in the U.S. Uh, there was actually both of those guys jumped that at the SEC championship. So it, it might just the Olympic trials might be you know a little bit of, of of those two going back and forth. So we'll we'll have to see. But we're going to get right back into talking about Javon Harrison because uh, for the long jump. So this section for the long jump, it's not just one person that I think could make it. My take for the Olympic trials is that the long jump is going to be completely made up of collegiate athletes. So the three, fat, the three best distance marks in the United States are all held by current collegiate athletes, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Javon Harrison jumping 844. We have Siphon McCarter of Texas jumping 835, and then Rayvon Allen of Oklahoma jumping 819. And so that's three of the farthest distances in the world right now, and they're all, all three of them are collegiate athletes, which is pretty interesting judging by the fact that we don't always see collegiate athletes being able to su succeed, especially in, in the Olympic, Olympic trials because there are so many – uh, events you're doing throughout your collegiate career because you have meets pretty much every single weekend and then to go right into the Olympic trials you know you think that oh your body's going to get get beaten down but but these three are showing that they that's that's not something that they're worried about and my yeah like I said my hot take is going to be that our long jump competition is and our, our long jump Olympic team is going to consist of all three collegiate athletes uh, Javon Harrison uh, Siphon McCarter and Rayvon Allen. So uh, those are the, the people that I think can, can make it on the men's side. Uh, transitioning over to the women's side of things. I think uh, I got a, a list of, I think, three athletes that have a very, very solid shot 
at, uh, at making it. So uh, number one thing, Mo, uh, she can do – She, I mean, she counts as two things. I mean, it's, it's like what is she going to go for? So is she going to go – for the 400, or is she going to be going for the 800, or is she going to be going for both? Uh, right now, she's number one in the U.S. in the 400, running a 49.84, and she is number one in the world in the 800, running 157.73. Um, I'm thinking she's probably going to be running the 8. I mean, we've been seeing her running a lot of 400s. She's actually going to be running the 400 in the prelims of the NCAA championship this week, but she mentioned in a previous interview that she likes doing these just to kind of switch things up. She likes doing it for her because she said that she will be running the 800 at the trials. Um, I mean, when you're number one in the world, yeah, of course it makes, of course you're going to be doing it. I mean, a 49.84 is, is, is fantastic too. I wouldn't be surprised if she tries to make the double so she can be part of the, like at least the four by four team as well as the, the open 800. But uh, she's just dominant right now, and she's just she's just a freshman. Uh, I, I definitely see her making the Olympics. Uh, she's another person that I'd be super surprised uh, if she missed out on. Uh, next uh, would be Tara Davis of Texas in the long jump. She is number one in the world, uh, once again, in the jumping 714. Uh, she's got several jumps in the top 10, in the top 5, and just is making it um, routine for jumping over 690. Like she jumped that, she jumped 697. What was it? A week ago or two weeks ago at the SEC Championships on her first attempt and just didn't jump anymore. She's like, okay, I got it. I won. I don't need to do anything else and just called it a day. Like she's she's a, she's extremely dominant. Um, she probably wouldn't. I don't think she'll go for it in the in the hurdles. Um, she's really talented in the hurdles, but I don't, I don't, I think she's what, like seventh or eighth in the U S maybe, uh, in the hurdles. I can't remember. And so I think, yeah, her best bet would be going for the, uh, you know, going for it with the, um, the long jump because she's just been dominant this entire year and extremely consistent, which is important too, especially in the field events, because if you're not consistent, uh, and you just jump a, a 714 once, and then you're jumping a bunch of six fifties, then it's like, well, was that really like a really good jump or was it just like you had the perfect wind? It was 1.9 and everything kind of went right and you hit the board just right. No, she's showing that she can jump 690 plus every single time. And, and that's going to be getting you into the Olympic, onto the Olympic team uh, if you're doing that and, and probably onto the podium too. So uh, we'll see how, how she does. And then third um, and the last athlete that I see um, has a really good shot at making the Olympic team is going to be Jasmine Moore of Georgia. Now she is going to probably attempt it in both the long jump and the triple jump, but I think that she has a better shot of making the Olympic team in the triple jump. So currently she is second in the U S in triple with a 14.39, uh, and she is fourth in the U S in long jump with a 6.86. So, I mean, obviously what, Four, two is better than four, so uh, obviously it's you know that's probably why. Uh, I I don't know what she'll do. Uh, I'm not sure the timing and the trials on where the, where things are going to be landing for her on if the long jump and triple jump are at similar times and maybe she only does triple. Uh, if they're on a couple, you know, if they're a day or two in between, maybe she does both. Uh, I'll be interested to see that, but she's she's just shown some some real dominance in the in the triple jump and once again uh, an event that not a ton of, of athletes have, have been going after and, and I'll be interested to see um, if she ends up ends up making the team there. But 
those are my nine athletes that I say are have a really good shot. Boom, I'll even say they're guarantees to make the Olympic team. Why not? Um, I guess it's a little more than, than nine athletes since I, I picked three for the men's long jump. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, tell me what I got right, what I got wrong. Who do you think of this list will not make the team? Who do you think that is not on the list will make the team? Like I mentioned, I, my full list is about 30 people, so there are definitely uh, some people that have been left off of this, and I'm sure some of them are going to make the team just because, um, but but we'll see. And it's, the list is obviously going to change and fluctuate depending on how these guys do in the uh, national championship coming up in a few weeks. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I uh, hope that you've enjoyed. This has been another episode of Track World News. If you want some more content, make sure that you go and follow us on Instagram at track world news and uh also make sure that you leave a like subscribe leave a review really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and like what's coming on um have a good one talk to you soon peace